Hello, and welcome back to The Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey, And you're listening to our weekly segment called The 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up. And this week, we wanted to rebroadcast an episode that we recorded about a year ago called How to Decide When You Have Too Many Options. Now, even though we're in a completely different world this year than last year, and the economic situation is different as well, we're finding that a lot of people are now resetting their career plans, and people feel like they have too many options for a different reason, because they may be stressed about making the wrong decision. So we wanted to share this episode with anyone out there that is at a crossroads, that might be worried about their next step, as a way to remove some of that worry and show you examples of how other people have gone through similar moments in their lives and their careers. Please enjoy this episode called How to Decide When You Have Too Many Options. The Mentors! Welcome back to The Mentors! This is Vadim and Sergey, and you are listening to our weekly segment called The 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up, where we tell you stories to motivate you for the week to come. And this week, we've been thinking about a problem that we've seen recurring in the last couple of weeks. It seems to be that we've had several conversations with mentees of ours, with students that we work with, with even with our friends who are deciding the next steps in their careers. The issue is this, when you are in a time, in a place, let's say in a good economy like we are right now, especially if you might be living in a bigger city, sometimes you just have too many opportunities to choose from. And it's not always clear which one is the right one. And oftentimes you come to mentors to try to figure that out, to try to work through with somebody, what's the step that I should take? I have all these options, what's the right one? So we wanted to explore that in this episode today. So first we wanted to start by dispelling one concept, which is that you're committing to something for the rest of your life. The thing is, some of how we are raised and even the education system that we go through tend to position us for a career, a singular career. And most of us should understand by now that our career is a lot more dynamic than a lot of other people's were, let's say, in the 1960s or 70s when when you graduated college, you were expected to get a job, move up the ladder, and stay in that company for the rest of your life. That was a common thing that happened. It just simply does not happen anymore. So first of all, understand that Whatever decision you make, most likely it will not be detrimental to you, will not be send you down a rabbit hole where you can't come out of. Because that one decision doesn't mean that you're tied to it for the rest of your life. Most successful people that we know have had multiple careers and maybe even completely different industries that they worked in before they got to a level where, let's say, they were getting paid really well or doing a job that they love. When you're starting off early in your career... Instead of trying to think too much about, okay, I need to get myself on this specific track so that I can be here in 10 years, certainly some careers are like that. But for the most part, you should be thinking more about what my interests are and what skills are marketable or valued in the marketplace. What hard and soft skills can I acquire through different jobs that are then going to have a lot of value in a lot of different industries and a lot of different jobs? So here's a good example of a friend of ours that ended up in a career that's very well-paying, very reputable, but there's no way he could have planned it ahead of time. What he did is he was uh, in his late 20s. He was kind of trying out different types of odd jobs, work for different companies that never really made it, were not very successful. But he knew he broadly wanted to be a leader in tech, 
right? What does that mean, a leader in tech? He didn't even know himself. But a skill that he knew was valued in the tech marketplace was learning how to code. He didn't want to spend a lot of money to learn how to code. He didn't want to go back to college. So he signed up for a coding bootcamp where he learned how to code basic coding skills in about three to four months. He leveraged that experience to get a job in New York at a fast-growing technology company that was hiring junior engineers. So he had to take a bit of a cut in title. He was a junior engineer, but he was making a decent salary enough where he could use that to learn how to be a good engineer on a good team for about a year and then figure out his next thing. In that year-long experience, he learned something about himself. One, he liked solving technical problems, but he maybe wasn't as gifted as an engineer as other people, and that maybe that career path as uh, its own career path, being a technical person building products for other companies, was not something he wanted to do forever. But he did see a tangential opportunity in another area in technology, completely different area, which is venture capital. So where he saw a gap and where he saw his own value now is that a lot of venture capitalists were not very technical people, and yet they were investing in technologies that basically made it compulsory for them to understand how engineers think. To attract those investments, they had to show that they understood how engineers think. So he started marketing himself as the type of person that understands different types of businesses, but also comes into it from the perspective of somebody that is technical, that can walk the walk and talk the talk with a technical founder. Now, of course, he had to then build relationships with venture capital funds, find the ones that valued the technical skill the most, and then go out and try to get those jobs by interviewing and trying to get his way in. He did end up getting a job at a VC firm just about a year, maybe a year and a half after he finished that boot camp and did that coding job. So think about it. From his perspective, he could have never planned this outcome, but just one year in a technical role, because he was part of a fast-growing company that was also a known brand in the city, and because he acquired those specific skills, he could then leverage that as a unique differentiator in the marketplace to get a job that is very sought after. There's not a lot of VC jobs out there, but he was able to get that because he had that specific expertise that he knew was valued. Notice what didn't matter. It didn't really matter what industry that company was in. Uh, maybe the fact that it was a growth stage company was helpful, but I'm sure if he got those skills at an established company that was a massive logo that somebody was aware of, it could have also opened up the opportunity for him to become a venture capitalist. So the exact path wasn't that important. It was more so the skills that he was able to acquire. So first of all, when you have a bunch of different opportunities, think about where the gaps are in your own personal skills and think about what hard and soft skills you can acquire in that other role. The second thing you should think about, and we talk about this all the time, is the network. Who will you meet? The peers that you work with, the leaders that you get exposure to, the industry that you end up entering in that might open you up to other industries as well. Who will you end up meeting through this experience that, again, will help you in the next stage after that? Now, one question that might come up is people saying, okay, well, what if I don't get lucky in, and can pivot into a career that I love within a year or two years or three years, which are obviously relatively short periods of time to be able to make fast career transitions? Well, here's where it might be helpful to pick an industry that you at least have some affinity or interest for. Tech broadly, obviously tech is a broad industry, but tech is an industry if you have an interest in innovation, if you have an interest in building product, you can leverage that to get a lot of opportunities. If you like real estate or if you like financial services or if you like entertainment, right, you just might try and get jobs 
in those industries because you know you might spend enough time in those industries and be able to learn what the different opportunities are there. But the thing is, the reason why it might be beneficial to actually spend some time in a specific industry is that that ends up being where you build your network. And then the network is then what you will leverage to get some other tangential opportunity that you pivot into. It is very difficult to get opportunities if you jump from industry to industry every single year, unless you can somehow thread a line to say, this is why this particular industry is related to this next one. And I can use that to make myself marketable for this completely new one. Okay, great. So now we know that we should look at skills. We should look at the people in the network. The other thing to think about as you're evaluating different opportunities is will this next opportunity help me level up significantly in my career? Will it help me skip several steps? So will I have a lot of new different types of responsibilities that I didn't have before? Like for example, managing a bunch of people or having access to executives. The other thing that can help you level up is honestly the logo, right? We all know that perception has a lot of weight And so if you have an opportunity to go and work for McKinsey, let's say, or Google or Facebook or some big bank, that logo will carry weight and can sometimes help you get another job in a completely different industry just because you have the pedigree of the logo. The other question that might come up, though, is, okay, I might be leveling up in terms of my career. I might be getting a lot of great new skills, but what if I have two really good opportunities and I can't decide between the two of them. How do I make sure that I feel comfortable with my choice? What's the litmus test I should use? And that's where we lean on some of the smartest people that we've talked to and how they go about evaluating opportunities, which is very simple. If they have two potential jobs or two potential companies that they might join, the first thing that they do is they pick up the phone and they call people that have worked in that job before or people that are currently working there still. Of course, it's actually even better to call somebody that's already not there. They're, these people are tend to be a lot more transparent with their opinions. But getting that direct feedback from somebody that was in that role is a great way to understand what your day-to-day will be like. Will you actually enjoy the experience? Will you be learning from your peers? Will you be happy in that role? Because at the end of the day, when you have two opportunities that are great, that might help you in your career. What's more important after that is the culture and whether or not the 40, 50, 60 hours a week that you'll spend with those people will actually feel good to you. Now, we're not trying to say that there's no value in committing to one industry, one job, and just trying to rise up the ranks in that specific job, for example, sales or engineering or science or whatever it might be. Focus does help, and focusing on improving one particular skill will help you be the best at that skill and also can increase your income potential. But what we're trying to impart here is that in today's economy, there are no specific rules for what you can or cannot do when it comes to choosing opportunities or choosing industries and different types of jobs. You can switch, and it really is more about how do I craft a narrative that is marketable to employers that shows them that I know how to get things done and I can bring value to their organization. And there's a lot of flexibility in how you can craft that story. Ultimately, if whatever you choose helps you grow as a person, both professionally and personally, you'll probably be better off for it, and you'll figure out the next step after that. That's it for the five-minute pick-me-up for this week. Vadim and I are excited to speak at the Podcast Movement Conference in Los Angeles on Thursday. So we're going to be flying on Wednesday, but we're definitely going to get another episode your way before we fly out. And if you found value in this episode, we just ask that you share it with one friend today that you think 
might find it valuable as well. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.